welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. How exciting. Well, we're in our third week of Soul I was going to say Soul Train. That was a music show in the States. Do you remember that? Soul Train? No. Oh, no, it's from me living in the States. Don't worry about it. Soul Food. So this is the third week of Soul Food, a series we've been on. And so next week will be our last week um, and we'll finish that off. And uh, I'm just going to quickly pray around the words. So if we just close our eyes. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful, that your word is eternal, Father. I just pray that your word, that what you say, Father, is louder than even my voice, Father. And I just pray that you would speak to every person here where they're at, because you know who they are, you know where they're going. And I just pray for your Holy Spirit to illuminate things this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've put a little subheading for this week's soul food. It's called the potter's house. So we're going to do a little bit of pottery this morning, if that's okay. We've got some analogies with the potter and the potter's house. And you're very unique. We talked a lot about that this morning, that God created you as you. You know, we're, we're all not the same. We're all very different in many ways. And, and God has a different path for each of us that's unique for who you are. But to fulfill and be the best you that you can be, I like that term, be the best you you can be, because we, we sometimes we try to be like somebody else over here. So, you know, I want to be like them, but God doesn't want you to be like them. You're going to be the worst them that, that you could be. They're the best you. They're the best them that they could be, but you need to be the best you that you are. That's what it is. It's not about comparing with others. It's about fulfilling your race, running your track. You're in your track. Forget about all the other swimmers, how fast or slow. You're in your lane, just fulfilling that. But to fulfill that, we have to have the right food. We have to eat the right food physically. I mean, that's just the natural thing. But our soul needs the right food in our spirit. And in our soul, we've got to feed it with the right stuff that it would grow. We need to align our life. A part of it is food. Part of it is aligning our life with God's ways, with his principles. It's like rhythms in the Bible. There's patterns. There's ways, there's God's doings that we've got to align our life up. It's like I used to be a surfer years ago, years ago in another life. I was a surfer. I like to say I was an amazing surfer, but I was pretty average. But I did it for a long time. Surfing is not fighting the wave. Surfing is going with the wave. Surfing is flowing with the wave. You can't be different to the wave. You could surf one style, but if that particular wave, because all waves are different, is a certain pattern or a certain flow, you've got to surf to the flow of that particular wave. And so we've got to flow to the wave of God, His ways, what His Word says, in putting Him first in everything that we do, trusting that He knows what He's doing with your life. And I want to connect this in a bit too with, with some of the stuff we talked about being planted in the house. So the Bible, it talks about those that are planted by the, in the house of God are like trees that are planted near a river, like the Golden River. And, and if you're planted near the river, even when a drought comes, the Bible says, and all the other trees are withering, your leaves will still be green and your tree will still have fruit because you've got a secret place that your roots have gone to that you're drawing upon that others can't see. The Bible kind of equates that to the house of God, being planted in the house of God. Are you easily shaken 
from the house of God. You know, somebody said, I didn't, don't like what Pastor Robbie said this morning. Actually, I don't like those jeans he's wearing. They've got holes in them, and I'm never coming to this church again. Are, are we a plant that's just superficially got our roots just across the topsoil, and a little storm comes, or a little offense, and we run? Or are our roots so far down that, you know, we, you can offend me a hundred times over, and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking. I'm, I'm in God's house. I'm not leaving his kingdom. I'm following him. And as I think about this whole thing of soul food, I think of this kind of concept of like church. I don't even like saying this. Church could be like a restaurant, but I don't like that analogy because it makes it like a lazy kind of place. It's an inactive place, but church is active. But, but the restaurant's as important as the food. When you go to a nice restaurant, the atmosphere's got to be, you know, if it's a bad atmosphere, the food's not as good. If, if, that, if it's not clean, you don't really enjoy it. If they haven't kept the meat in a fridge, then it might look great, but you're going to be sick for days afterwards. It's like when you go to Thailand. I ate some fish in Thailand once. At, on the Anyway, it's probably sitting in the sun half a day. I, the whole trip was wrecked because I was sick for a week. Yeah, the food looked great. Yeah, it tasted good, but afterwards it wasn't so good. So is the food being kept right? You know, are, are the food handlers wearing gloves? Are the waiters dressed nicely you know what I mean like are they dressed nicely when they're serving the food or do they just look like they got out of the shower the whole experience in the restaurant it contributes to the whole experience of eating the food and enjoying the food and the safety of the food so I, I, I want to look at the restaurant as the house of God a little bit in this whole story that I'm doing today and we're going to be reading from the book of Jeremiah last week I talked about Jeremiah and we looked at some scriptures and Jeremiah was this young guy in the Bible in the Old Testament and God came to him and said that I've called you, I've given you a special mission, you're going to be a spokesperson to the nations, you're going to be a, you're going to be a prophet in other words, you're going to speak to political powers and nations and countries. And he wasn't really a popular guy, Jeremiah, because he, he was against the grain. You know when God gives you a mission to do, you want to do something that everyone likes, don't you? You don't want to be given a mission where everybody's going that way and you're saying, no, we've got to go this way, because that's hard work. And so Jeremiah had to speak to the nation and all the political powers and, and all the political people in Israel at the time were saying that there's peace and there's prosperity and it's going to continue and it's going to be awesome. And all the financial people, you know, you're watching CNN or you watch some of the money channels and all that and, and they tell you what the economy is going to do. And they're all saying it's rosy, it's going to be beautiful, it's going to be magnificent. And Jeremiah's mission was, no, it's going to be horrible, it's going to be terrible, and it's going to collapse, you know. And it was good at the time, but he was saying it's going to change. If, if the people don't turn back to God and follow his ways and, and listen to his voice, then he said that this nation would cease to exist and it would go into exile, into Babylon. And that's actually what happened. And they were there for 70 years. And he prophesied it before it even happened. They could have changed it by just following God's ways and listening to him. So this is the kind of premise of this. And uh, my first point is, Jeremiah needed to go to the potter's house, if you're taking notes. Jeremiah needed to go to the potter's house. So if we could put up Jeremiah 18, 1 to 2. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise, go down to the potter's house, for there I will let you hear my words. The word that came to Jeremiah, arise. See, Jeremiah heard God's voice in his home. So you can hear God's voice at home. You can read your Bible at home and get some soul food. You can pray at home. You can listen to worship at home. And he heard God's voice in that scripture. If we could put it back up. But it said, go down to the potter's house. 
there I will let you hear my words. He'd already heard God's words, but God's saying, yeah, you can do it at home. But the potter's house is symbol of God's house. This is what it's about. The potter in this story is God. This is what God's saying to him. I'm the potter. And my, the potter's house is the house of God. So he's saying, you can hear this at home. But it's not until you go down to my house, the potter's house. You go down to the potter's house that I will speak to you. See, God speaks to us when we're in the house of God, when we're in his church, when we're planted in his church. The Bible talks about the church is the body of Christ. And that when two or more are gathered, he's in our midst. It it doesn't say when one's gathered, it says two or more are gathered. He's still with us when we're one, but but there's something about corporate. There's something about coming together. There's something that being humans that are joined together in a common cause, following him, we would hear his voice. So it's in the house of God that you will hear the voice of God for your life. How many times have I been in church and I'm worshiping? The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits this corporate prayer. When we come together as one, there is a power, there is a spiritual atmosphere. There is an open heaven that breaks out that you can't get when you're alone. How many times have I heard his voice in worship where he's spoken to me when I've been in a corporate gathering? We come to his house to hear his word. Not just to hear hear my, but to hear his voice within my voice, to hear his Bible, his scriptures, his word to be taught is in his house. The Bible says in Matthew 4.4, Bread alone will not satisfy. This is Jesus speaking himself. Bread alone will not satisfy. But true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. It's his, his word is the sole food we need. We need to hear his voice. You know, one word from God can change your life. A hundred thousand words from the television may encourage you, may be uplifting, may be good. But if God just speaks something into your spirit, one sentence, you remember that for the rest of your life. You, you, it gives you destiny and purpose. It gives you an anchor to hold on to. Well, I said a story one other time. I was driving in my car and had my little girls and there was no air conditioning in the car. and It was really old and we had no money. And he just said, don't forget where you came from. And just said, well, boom, I'll never forget that. 30 years, never forget it. And it was so encouraging to me. We get the nutrients we need when we're in God's house. Next point, Jeremiah observed the potter in his house. This is the next scripture, Jeremiah 18.3. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working on his wheel. So Jeremiah didn't just hear God's voice to say, go to the potter's house, because I'm going to speak to you when you get to the potter's house. When you get to the church, when you go to the house of God, he didn't just say, just go, he did say just go, but Jeremiah went. Like sometimes we could go, yeah, it's good to go to church, I should go to church, I should get connected, I should go to connect group, I should do growth. But he actually went, he arose, he got out of his bed, he got off his chair and he went to the potter's house. He went down there and physically joined in and watched and said that he watched the potter. See, it's in the potter's house, it's in God's house that you see God. It's in God's house that you hear God. It's in God's house that you can observe God's ways and know His plans and His will, how He does things. It's by connecting with others in a connect group. When you don't know what to do, when you don't have the answer, somebody else can say, hey, I had this, I did this, I had that problem with my child, I did this, I've been there. And that can be what you need to hear His voice, to observe the ways of God, we have to be in His house. It's got to be more than a once a month thing. Okay, let me put it this way. You eat, most of you, three meals a day for your body. But what do we do with our soul? Do we pray every day? Do we read our Bible every day? 
if we're coming to church once a month or once every two months, I know people work and all that type of stuff, but if, if, if it's a once a month thing, are we really, are we really knit in? Do you know what I mean? We, is our soul really being fed? Our body needs three, three meals a day. What does our soul need? Our soul needs connect groups. Our soul needs to belong. Our soul needs to, to join in and, and participate and be in the flow of the church, not on the outskirts of the river, in the depths of the river is where we grow, where our soul is really fed. The potter needs to prepare the clay. The potter has to get the clay and pick out all the stones and all the little grit and all the, the imperfections in the clay before he, he or she forms the pot. And you know, sometimes God is at work in our hearts. He's, he's picking out little stones, a little bit of grit. He's, he's making the clay ready for what he can make it into. And sometimes maybe you're in a season right now where God's actually picking some little bits out. Or just take that little stone. Or there's a little bit of grit there. I'm going to say, he's just preparing your clay. That's part of the process for God to prepare you for where you're going and who you are and, and what you're going to do. You know, we can look at other pieces of, of, of pots. You know, we could, you could look at someone over here and, and, and they're, they're like being made. They're finished. They're a pot. There might be a pot in the kitchen being used to cook up food. And they're already active in their, their mission. But you're over here as a lump of clay. It's like, I just feel like a lump of clay, but look at them over there. They're doing what, what they want to do. But we can't look at others. God may be perfecting your clay, preparing your clay longer, slower, because he has a different mission for you, a different purpose for you. He knows what suits you. That person wants to be a pot in the kitchen and, and have gourmet foods in it and, and, and be in behind the scenes. They don't want to be up front or, or in the limelight or whatever it is, but maybe God is making you into a beautiful vase. Maybe he's got a spot at the very front of his house, at the doorway. He's got it prepared. He's got the, the, the table there. He's making you into an, a, a fine bone China, which isn't clay, is it? But he's making you into something that is far more superior in quality. Not superior as a person, but, but he's making you into something more special that he wants to put at the front door. He's commissioned an artist to come and paint, do some special artwork on you and, and special lacquers or whatever you put over there. Maybe he's got something so much bigger and grand for you because he wants to show you off. He wants you at the front door so when people see you, he's glorified by this piece of artwork. But we've got to give him the time to know that he knows what he's doing. Just because that piece got done quicker, it has a different purpose. But we should take joy when God takes longer with us because he's got something even more special that he needs to be working on your life for. You know, water's needed for the potter. I always think of Ghost. Anyone old enough like me remember that movie Ghost? Patrick Swayze. It's a bit of a love scene, but anyway, they were making pottery anyway. And... Uh, Anyway, sideline. There's water. You need water for the, for, the, for, the, for the turning wheel and for the clay. And so the potter needs water. If, and the Bible equates the Holy Spirit to be water. That the Holy Spirit is like water for our soul. The Holy Spirit brings, uh, quenches our thirst. The Holy Spirit replenishes, that refreshes our life. And if we're a life where maybe we've gone a bit hard, the potter can't work you. The potter can't mold you. The, the potter can't... You're not pliable. We need to be we wet. We need to have the freshness of God's spirit in our life that God can work with us. If we become bitter, if we become judgmental and critical and unforgiving, we become hard and, and we, we can't be used by the potter. We're too stiff. We're not pliable. 
But if we have that flexibility of that moisture and we've got a humble heart and we surrender and we say, Lord, I'm, I'm open. I, I lay my life before you. I, show me the way. And, and we allow him to maneuver his hands. We allow him to work in our life. He can stretch. He can move. He can form you into who you need to be or who you want to be. Quick to forgive. You know, sometimes that whole spinning wheel, you might feel like a piece of clay that's spinning on that wheel. You don't know what the next step is. You don't know what's going to happen next. You, you don't know up from down. It's, it's, the vision isn't clear for your life. But if you just stay on the potter's wheel, just stay on the wheel. Don't get off the wheel. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. You've got to be in his house and let God take you through the processes of his ways, that he works in your heart, he works in our spirit, he works in our mind. He says that, that if we continue to do good, that in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So I encourage you to keep going, no matter what spinning wheel you're on right now, at least you're in the hands of the master. At least the creator, the potter, has got you in the palm of his hands and he's working on your life. All you have to do is stay soft in your spirit and in your heart and open in your mind. You know, sometimes I feel like we get to different ages in life or different situations and, and it's almost like we freeze in a moment in our thinking. We freeze in a moment and, and we have a thought process that this is this and this is that and this is this and this is that. And we, we need sometimes those thought processes and those worldviews that we have to be broken now and then. Or as we get stuck in a moment for the rest of our life. But if we can be flexible for God and surrender to Him and be open to Him and ask forgiveness and to forgive others, then we keep being that pliable clay that He can mold and He can work with, even when we don't understand it. You know, the potter had a field, and in this story, there's a field. The potter's field basically is a trash dump. So the potter would have a field behind or next to him or maybe a plot of land somewhere else, and all the clay that had gone hard would get thrown away. Couldn't use it. If, it, if the clay didn't stay pliable and soft and open and submitted and surrendered, it would go hard and brittle and crack, and it would get thrown out into the potter's field, the junk heap. We don't want that for anybody here, do we? Nobody wants to be in the potter's field, do we? No, we want to come out the other end as a beautiful vessel that God can use, something that glorifies his name, something that can be filled with, with, with precious gold or water or whatever the, the master has for our life. If we don't allow him to properly prepare us, to properly prepare the clay, to take the bits and the imperfections out, then we can crack in the kiln. You can crack in the kiln, and those pots then are thrown in the potter's field. God was saying to Israel, you've, you've got to come back to me through Jeremiah, saying, surrender your life to me afresh. You think the way you're going is the right way, but I'm just warning you, you're going to end up in the potter's field. You're going to end up in exile in Babylon. You need to turn back to me. You need to surrender your life afresh. You need to admit that you've been wrong. You need to maybe change our thinking to do it a new way or a different way. You know, I'm not directing this at anything in particular. I'm just, I'm just saying if we follow what worked yesterday, it doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. Just because it worked yesterday, that worked yesterday because that was when it was for. But when there's a new day and a new season or a new generation, then there's new methods. Message is the same, just different methods. If we keep doing the old thing in a new season, 
and it doesn't work. We feel comfortable with it, but it doesn't work. It's like the, the wineskins, putting new wine into new wineskins. There's new vessels and methods, the same wine, but different kind of holding, different, different methods to, to process it. Um, the potter has the vision and the design in his heart for the clay. Jeremiah 18.4 says this, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter. See, the potter gave the clay identity. I said this last week. So the potter took the clay. The potter, in his heart, had a plan. The potter had a, a design. A potter had a thought, I need this vessel for this room to do this service, to do this mission for me. And so the potter is the one that gives you identity. The potter is the one that, that has formed you. He has a plan for your life. He's the one that we go to. Who are we? Lord, who am I? Tell me who I am. But he doesn't label you, like I said last week, you're this, because he's imposing it. He's actually calling out what's already inside of you. He knows what's in you, and he calls that out so you can be who he created you to be and fulfill that. Like I said, some vessels are made to be hidden. Other vessels are made to be at the front of the house. Others are made for the garden shed. Others are made for the dining table where it's more intimate. We all have a purpose. We all don't have to be the same, but he has a mission for you. We need the right soil. The right soil. We need the right soul food. We need to be in the right place to receive that food. What if your vessel's cracked? Is it too late? What if you're a cracked vessel? And you may be here today and, and you're saying, hey, you know, I've got a major crack through, through my life. I've got some major flaws. I mean, we all do, you know. We're, none of us are perfect. You know, you might be saying, hey, man, I've I got a, some real morality issues here. I've I got some real character issues here. I, I don't know why I do these things, but I do them. Maybe there's a crack in your life. or Maybe you've gone through a marriage breakup or, or something's happened and you, you feel like you're damaged goods. Well, the good news is the Bible says that he heals the brokenhearted. You've come to the right place because the potter can fix crack pots as well. I didn't mean it like that, but he can fix crack pots. He can fix them. He's able to do it. Bill, are you a crack pot? Uh, yeah, he admits he's a crack pot. It's cool. Bill, for the next week, crack pot. No, it's only joking, Bill. Sorry. So your crack, your, your, your fault line in your life, whatever it may be, can be the greatest disaster or could be the greatest blessing. It's your decision. Are we submitting our life to his hands? Are we coming to the potter's house to hear his voice? Are we allowing our life to be pliable? Are we forgiving? Are we surrendering ourselves to what his, the creator's will is? It's up to us whether it stays a crack or not. Let me explain. Do you know many of the world's largest cities are on fault lines? Cracks in the earth's surface. Did they plan that? No. They put cities in places where there was rivers, where there were streams, where there was water supplies. They put cities in places where there were resources like gold and silver. They put cities in places where the soil was rich and organic because that's where 
the fault line is where the two plates or plate, two different plates of the earth come together or pull apart. It allows the richness of that which is in the earth to come to the top of the surface. And from the cracks, cities are built on these fault lines. They believe that small fault gold forms in fault lines. Like a, a seam of gold actually forms because there's two small fault lines and gold forms in them. There's a Japanese pottery art form. I'm also a pottery expert here, Shane, as well as a fruit farming expert. Is there anyone who's Japanese wants to say this word for me? I'm going to say it wrong. Kintsukuru? Kintsukaharu? Something like that. It's a Japanese art form. This is what it is. Some of you know what it is. When, when a, a pot or a clay or a vessel or a plate of clay is, is broken and shattered, they repair it with gold. And it's an art form. It's, it's, it's popular and famous, um, apparently. I never heard of it. My wife told me. But it, it, it looks beautiful, doesn't it? And they take this substance and they put gold dust in it and it, it puts the plate back together. And see, that's what God does with our life. Your greatest weakness becomes your greatest victory. See, your, your flaw, your crack becomes the very thing that you celebrate. That thing that you were ashamed of and you didn't want anyone to know and you were embarrassed, when it's put into the light of the Father, when it's put into the hands of the potter, he can put that seam of gold into that crack. He can cause that fault line, that weakness, that, that thing to have the richness of his presence into it. And the very thing that you're ashamed of can be the very thing that you celebrate, your very testimony, your very victory, your very thing that you throw in the eyes of the enemy. The thing that he threw at you, you can throw it back. Because what he meant for bad, God means for good. He can change your life and transform you when we allow the potter and his hands to have access to those things. The cross of Christ is the greatest fault line that exists on the earth. Let me explain that. The cross of Christ is the greatest fault line, greatest crack on the earth. We've got a scripture here. It's actually a big scripture, a long scripture. Matthew 27, 51 to 54. At the moment, this is at the point that Jesus crucified and he dies. Boom. It says, at that moment, the curtain in the century of the temple was torn in two. So there was this curtain between what was the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant is, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ark of the Covenant. In there was God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant. There was this, so there's this room, which was the Holy of Holies. And between that and the outside world was this curtain, which they reckon, I think it was about a meter wide, thick, thick, not wide, thick, <laughs> to separate God's presence from the outside because his presence was so holy. It says that Jesus' crucifixion, crucifixion that's my fault line there speaking in public at his death that thing was torn supernaturally not by man's hands but by God's hands from top to bottom the earth shook the rocks split apart tombs opened the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many. See, at the point of Jesus being crucified, something supernatural, it wasn't a natural event. See, the, 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 the curtain was torn. It was this thick. It's impossible to tear it. The hand of God tore it because he no longer had a separation between God and man. There was no longer separation between earth and heaven. That There was open passage. 
the fault line had been formed. The crack had been opened. It was like a, a if you watch Doctor Who, who likes Doctor Who? It's like a portal in time is opened up to enter into another world where God says, I'm here with man and man can be with me. And if we can go to that fault line, we can build ourselves on the cross of Christ. If you can build your life like a city on a hill on the cross of Christ, you can have access to those resources. You can have access to that gold, that rich soil that's below the earth that can come up through the crack. So the very attributes and resources of heaven can come through the fault line of Christ. When your life is built on his fault line, you have access to heaven. You have access to another world. You have access to power. You have access to grace, forgiveness, wholeness, healing, gold of heaven. So that's the gospel message. That's what it's all about. Don't be ashamed to build your life on the fault line of Jesus. You will never be disappointed. You have access to riches you never could imagine. As I begin to conclude today, if the music folk could come up. I'm just getting started. I really feel like I can keep this going. This is really, I'm actually enjoying preaching this because it's so, so awesome stuff. You know, your life is unique and your life is very special. And God does have a unique plan for your life that suits who you are. But we need to eat of his soul food. We need to read his word that we've talked about. We need to pray and talk to him like a friend. Prayer is communicating with the creator but we also need to come to the restaurant we we also need to be active participants in his house in the potter's house because in the potter's house there's the potter in God's house there is God how do you know God come to his house and you will hear his voice you will hear his word your soul will hear his word nutrients will go into your very inner being you know, there'll be things that you've got today that you don't even know yet until later in the week, that things will arise out of your heart. This, this is not just a, a practical thing. This is a spiritual interaction as we come to his house, worship him and hear his word. Let God develop you. Don't stop too early. Don't get off that wheel. Allow him to paint you and glaze you. Allow you the process to continue that you could be that vessel that brings the pot of great honour. Be planted in his house. Let your roots go down deep. Go to Connect Group. Come to church each week. Get into the life of the house because you're connecting to Christ in that fault line. Let that flow out of your being. Don't let it be a little trickle eye drop experience every week or every once a month. Embrace his house. You know, the Bible says that we are jars of clay, but God desires to pour gold into those jars. You don't have to be a perfect vessel. It's not so much you, it's what he puts in you. He puts himself, he puts his gold inside you. We just don't, have to, we just don't want to have cracks because the gold will go out. But he can fix the cracks if we'll put our life into his hand. Arise and go to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. His words, man cannot live on bread alone. Every word that proceeds by the mouth of God. If we could stand up this morning, I just want to pray over you this morning. And I'm going to firstly just do a prayer over you as a church, and then we're going to do a second type of prayer. And if you could just close your heart, close your eyes and open your heart to God. I'm a wordsmith, it's a gift. If you could just... 
just surrender yourself to God this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your hand on every life here, every situation that's represented, Father. And I just pray that you'd pour out a fresh anointing on this house, on this people, on each individual, Father, a fresh anointing, a fresh word, that you would drop a fresh word into every spirit here today, Father, a word of encouragement, a word of hope, Father. The gold of heaven, Father, I pray, would just filter down over every life that's standing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.